Welcome back, all really people. As usual, I am your host, Lutch, here with my co-host, Conover. Woo, what's up? No guests for today, just the all really dudes. Uh, we had some shit lined up, but that didn't come through, so you're stuck with us. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right, though. That shouldn't be too much of a disappointment for you guys. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Cheers, pal. Cheers. To the All Really Dudes. To the end of a holiday weekend, on to the next one. Well, actually, it's not the end yet. We got your birthday tomorrow, fucker. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that will have passed by the time you guys are hearing this. Yes. But, uh, yes, I, by the time you have heard this, I will have just turned 27. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Welcome. this Welcome to the end of your 20s. Yeah, I'm officially going to, in what, uh, in like six hours, I'm officially going to be in my late 20s. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, feels later than that, dude. God damn. (laughs) Feels later than that. It does. Feels earlier than I feel like I'm 18. (laughs) I wish I still felt like I was 18. (laughs) So this, uh, yeah, this is, we, we have, uh, if you guys, you know, follow our shit and listen to the episodes, you know that we have coming up soon, uh, our last episode, well, maybe not our last, but definitely the trilogy closer mm. episode, mm-hmm. uh, talking about politics, talking about Trump with Andrew Bourne, our resident Trump supporter. The saga continues. Uh, yeah. Uh, we never thought that. We would be in the place that we are, but um, it's still still fresh wounds there. So we, you know, last episode we wanted to take a break from politics, and we got into some to some different stuff. And some of you complained that it wasn't wasn't quite up to par, but that just means you weren't listening. Um, it started out a little bit. Fast and loose, but as always, we know what we're doing. We bring it back, and we give you something to take away from it. So if you started it, as one person uh, said they did, they started it, listened to a couple minutes, and they were so disappointed. That yeah, wasn't... tell me more about that, because I woke up the other morning, whenever the morning was, and I my phone was blowing up as I was getting ready for work with Twitter notifications, and I caught most of it, but like, what, what went on with that? Like, what, what started it? Well, basically, one dude... Just, um, I'm assuming he hadn't listened to any previous episodes, and our last episode, Boomer Sooner, RP15, with uh, your friend, your colleague, Oklahoma, Michael Britt, it was meant to be a more lighthearted episode, it was our first release, um, well, we released something right after the election, uh, called the pol- uh, Political Singularity, yep. That was supposed to be our commentary on that, but since so much of the podcast and so much of everything had been focused on politics for so long, we wanted to just take a break. Just lighten take a it step up, back. man. Yeah. There was a lot going on, a lot of negativity. I mean, I guess it was for a reason. So we just wanted to break it up a little bit and throw something out there a little more lighthearted, even a little more comical. I'd say because yeah. Mike is definitely a character and. 
even though he doesn't try, he can be quite a comedian <laughs> at points. So, I mean, yeah, it's, so it's it's not like we weren't trying or we were just, like, taking the episode off or anything like that. We, yeah, we definitely didn't phone it in, but the, there, yeah, there we go. But the thing is, if you just, any one of our episodes, if you just listen to the first five minutes, the whole point of us doing these longer episodes, the whole point of us doing these organic conversations that don't have a specific topic is for the topics to arise on their own and mm-hmm. uh, and for us to explore them as they come up. And I mean, we welcome criticism. We always say that, and it definitely helps because it, it, we found ourselves saying, I mean, did we do something wrong? And we've said that to each other before. Have we done something wrong? Or like, are we doing something wrong? So we definitely appreciate and welcome the criticism but, like, what was the actual criticism? Basically, the guy listened to a couple minutes, and he was like, this is just... I, I mean, we were kind of... I, th- I think at the very beginning of the episode, a couple of us were talking over each other. Um, and, you know, that's just going to happen. <laughs> Hello, <Sorry>. Mordred. <laughs> it's my dog, just being a dog over there. But, uh, yeah, obviously within the first five minutes of a two and a half hour podcast, we didn't get, we didn't dive deep into any, anything. And we um, really didn't know what to expect out of Mike either. You know, he's never done anything like this before and he was excited to do it. Like he hopped right on in and jumped right on the mic. And I mean, I can, I appreciate that because a lot of people we talk to, there's that microphone intimidation as I've alluded to before that I suffered from. So, I mean, it was kind of cool that Mike just jumped right in without any sort of uh, coercing or anything necessary. He got right on in there. So, yeah, it's going to sound like we're talking over each other at the beginning, but that was kind of not necessarily where we were looking for at that episode, but we definitely were looking for a more loose structure for good reason. You know, like we said, we wanted to break up all the negativity. Right, and so somebody had just said, I listened to the first few minutes, and it was just a bunch of people shouting all over each other, uh, you guys need to figure it out, and this, this, this that, whatever, um, and I, I mean, was basically just like, look, you fir- first of all, this is our laid-back episode, this is our chill-back episode, this is the one that is supposed to provide some type of relief from all this politics it's everywhere bullshit it's just been everywhere for the past two weeks and we want to yeah we want to just take a break from that so that was number one and number two we did get into some uh heavier topics some things about family Mm -hmm. about you know just about life the journey that he was taking yeah as we always do and but i mean it takes a while to get there it takes a while to get especially somebody who's never done this before Mm, it takes a while to get them to a place where they're comfortable talking about whatever we're talking about and to open up and to get into what it is that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So the person, yeah, the person said that it was basically we suck. Yeah. Which, was there, wasn't there a fuck you in there somewhere I too? Think so, or probably. like a fuck you asshole or something? And of course, 5 minutes within within 5 minute within 5 minutes of explaining, I would, you know, they were trying to have a normal conversation with me. Of course. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, they didn't really get... They didn't get it. They didn't get it. Apparently. And I can almost... Uh, I can almost not blame them, but the fact is we put out what we put out, and if you just want to... I mean, you know, you could pick the greatest movie of all time, and if you judge it by the first five minutes, mm-hmm. then what are you going to get from that? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I mean, if you're just looking for a slapstick comedy that 
in the first scene, somebody gets slapped in the face with a rake or something, sure. <laughs> I mean, you can find that. You, I was you can say be you happy can with it. that. Yep. But that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're looking to do. And we're not looking to be every second of our recording to be the most hilarious and entertaining thing that you could possibly find. That's not what we're trying to do. So if that's what you're looking for, unfortunately, this isn't going to be the show for you. But if you have the desire to kind of... uh, let it breathe and give it some space and see what it can become, then I guarantee that you will find the reward of that. It will pay off. So, I mean, there's always going to be people who are going to hate on what you do, no matter how good yeah. or bad it is, no matter how long you've been around, no matter no matter what. There's hate always, is going to hate. Yeah. And someone once said to me, they only hate when you're doing something right. Exactly. So I'll take exactly. that over, over nothing. That was basically what their criticism was, that we weren't doing anything. They were expecting something intellectual and whatever. And again, there are podcasts out there that right from the get, they have a topic of discussion, they have a goal in mind, and they get right to it. And that's fine. That's awesome. There's many podcasts like that that I listen to, that Mm -hmm. I enjoy, and I enjoy that specific aspect of those podcasts. But... That's not our podcast. Our podcast is something that needs um, more of an open mind. It needs more of a willingness to gain something that you're not expecting to gain. So if Mm -hmm. you're going in here looking for facts or direct perspectives right off the bat, it's just not going to happen that yeah, way. Yeah, it's not like, you know, I think I hearken back, might I say, I hearken back to my times as an education major, and, like, it was all about having your lesson plan and your agenda for, you know, a specific lesson. So if I can relate this to teaching, that's like us before sitting down trying to have an organic conversation with an agenda and what basically would look like an outlined lesson. You know, and that's not right. what we're going for. We did do something to that effect when we first started. And, and we failed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is some good stuff in there, of course. Um, but it's not like we're sitting down with an outline every episode because that's just not what we're trying to do. We realize that wouldn't work as well, especially for what we are trying to do. And we're not doing that anymore. It's it's not about an outline conversation. That being said, we still do uh, want to take a little bit more time before we get back into anything politics. Mm -hmm. We never wanted this to be a political show uh, at its core. Yeah, definitely not. Not that we're trying to shy away from it, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to get caught up in the idea that there's nothing else going on, there's nothing else to talk about, there's nothing else worth paying attention to. That's just not what we're doing. No. So, uh, Andrew Bourne has already agreed to do that episode, and we have it uh, scheduled, or I don't know if we have it scheduled specifically, but we have it, you know, on the docket. But we we want, uh, the, the, the fucking Trump hasn't even been sworn in yet. Yeah, Obama's right? still the president. So, let's just take some time to explore other topics because yes. I'm, I guarantee there will be shit that Trump does once he does get sworn in that we won't be able to not talk about or we will just 
want to talk about. Uh, so this is our time to talk about other shit. And that episode, ARP-15, may have gone a little bit... That was probably the farthest off the rails <laughs> that we've ever been, but definitely still in our wheelhouse. Yeah. And at the end, we still got to a very important point that people of different walks of life have their own value. We got to the point of learning from people who come from different backgrounds and have different levels of education and and different life experiences mm-hmm. and that we there's still something to learn from those people. So that's number 1. If you listen to that episode the last episode, that's what you could take from that. And that's what you you know over it's past Thanksgiving now, but Thanksgiving, uh Christmas, whatever, on, while you're sitting around with your family instead of talking about politics, you can talk about different stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what we want to do today as well um before we get back into anything too heavy there's just you don't have to engage in this idea that there is either the end of the world at our doorstep impending doom or, or that because of this president that all of your problems are going to be solved we just came from a second thanksgiving dinner yes. from a family friend of mine and there was not any political dis- discussion going on, and it was perfectly fine. You have to realize that, yes, it's important to get involved in the political process and to vote and to be aware of what's going on and all that stuff, but it's not all that there is. There's other stuff going on. There's other stuff in your life. The the Whoever is the president, it's not going to mean the end of life as you know it, and it's not going to mean salvation. Mm. Just because, even if you're a Trump supporter, to think that because Trump won, that your life now is just going to be great, that's not reality. And vice versa. To think that because now Trump is president, that all the whole country is going to shit, the whole world is going to shit. I mean, granted... There's a lot of shit that a president can do to cause shit like that, but we're not there yet. So let's cross that bridge when we come to it. You know, I mean, right now we're sitting here watching the uh, Jets-Patriots game, and guess what? It's just like when the, every other time that we've watched a football game. Yeah, we just mm-hmm. had dinner with a uh, family friend, and guess what? It was just like every other time we had dinner with a family friend or, or people you know, gathering of people. It's just, life goes on. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be beholden to election results so desperately that you need to be out protesting. Yeah, the like, people have been so combative, and I mean, I expected it either way um, after the election, but it's just been so combative, like, everywhere you turn, man, and especially on social media specifically. Yeah, I mean, that's a... a, a as a starting point, what do you have to say about the, uh, the particularly the co- on college campuses, the protests, the not my president protests? I think it's just stupid because a he is going to be your president, regardless of what you say, what you do, what you apparently tattoo on your body. 
Let's, why don't you tell the people about that one if they didn't see there that? Was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was a post. I don't know if I put it to all, really. I definitely put it to my uh, at Safe and Gentle. Yeah. Also, Safe and Gentle, tattoo removal.com. My dad's uh, laser tattoo removal practice. But there was a picture I found online. Somebody got a full rib tattoo that says, Trump is not my fucking president. Man. Now... I get. I get it. I get that the whole not my president thing. A lot of the people are not necessarily protesting the results themselves and not necessarily not necessarily saying that Hillary Clinton should be the president because she won the popular vote. I understand that's not the message. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that idea that that's not the message is not clearly put out there. And I don't think any message has really clearly been put out there. Because I've heard from some people saying the whole not my president thing is symbolic of not necessarily that he's not going to be the president of the United States, but meaning he's not the president that represents me. And that I get that sentiment totally, but the problem with that is you live in the country that elected him as the president of the country you live um the country in which you live. So if you're living in a country, in a democracy, as or, you know, so what it says, um, and we elect a president and it just so happens that it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to be, the fact remains he is the president of the United States. So he might not be, quote unquote, your president in the sense right. that you didn't want him to be president or her to be president had she won. But regardless, unless you move out of the country, he is your president at least, if for no other way to put it on paper, he is your president. He will be running policy for you because enough of the country was represented enough for him to become president. So, I mean, hopefully that person voted at least that got that on their body yeah. because, I mean, if they didn't vote and they're still going to rock that's something just, like that, that's pretty fucking shitty. Yeah. That'd be like me getting to, like, never Trump tattoo because I wasn't allowed to vote this year and, like... That's a little different because I wasn't allowed to vote. But point is, is like I didn't vote. So if I were to get something, not even a tattoo, just like anything that even a bumper sticker or something that said not my prison. And I just think it's stupid. It's very, very stupid. I get it. And it puts thoughts in people's minds and shit. But I just think it's pointless. Get over it. It's over and done with. A lot of things can happen. Um, who's who? There's no guarantee he makes it four years. There's no guarantee he wins another election if he decides to go for it. Just Which deal I with it, do. man. But I mean, I get, even if you like the whole thing to me is that again, there Trump is going to be the president. Yeah. So yeah. there will almost definitely be things that warrant protest in the very near future. Now, if you in hordes are putting yourself out there and protesting something that you can't put a pin on, or at least the group that you're associating with doesn't have a concise message, then when it comes time to actually protest policy or protest this, that, whatever, whatever it is, then you will have burned yourselves out. Any media attention, and any, a lot of credibilities out the window uh, too. Yeah, and just not even not even going that far, but just on the basic level of people who will go out there and stand with you. Mm. 
they will be like, we've been doing this for two months. We've been shouting out my president. And now, when he's proposed a policy to overturn Roe v. Wade or marriage equality or whatever it is, when that's something actually worth getting out there and saying, no, I oppose this with the concise message that I don't want this to happen or I want this to be stopped, then that's going to be weakened by the fact that you've already been out there for four months. I just don't get it. I don't understand. This is the same problem that I had with uh, Kaepernick's (laughs) whole whatever. It was well-intentioned, but because he didn't outline a concise message, he a protest is useless unless you have a message and a solution. If you're just airing your grievances, then yeah, you have the right to do that. Of course, I'm not saying nobody. You don't have the right to protest. You don't have the right to do to express yourself. But in terms of accomplishing what you want to accomplish, if you're out there protesting with a bunch of people who have a similar but not the same message as you, then your voice is going to be lost. Mm-hmm. And you know that the news channels are just going to take basic footage of what you're doing and turn it into a clown show. I was just going to say, it's just going to look like a joke. And then, yeah, come when come time to actually protest policy, you're not going to have a leg to stand on. Nope, and everybody's going to be blown up saying, oh, yeah, it wasn't your president before, but now that he is your president and you don't like what he's doing, oh, now you can protest it. So you're kind of even shooting yourself in the foot exactly. by saying, not my president, and then to turn around and say the president who isn't your president, you're going to protest the president that isn't your president, apparently. So you're shooting yourself in the foot by doing all this shit now anyway. And I mean, again, I get it. I get yeah. the frustration. Yep. I get the... Yep. Especially on college campuses where kids are all huddled together and none of us really feel like there's anything we can do. And the desire to have some hand in preventing the downfall of America, which is what at least the media has made it seem like, I get the desire to want to do that, but you have to be smarter about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it it reminds me of, uh, you know, we you guys have to know by now that I've recently been into uh, UFC and stuff. It reminds me of the guys who go out there and they just uh, don't have a game plan or they don't fight intelligently and they're just wildly, desperately throwing punches. And we just saw uh, from fight, this is recording this on a Sunday night, so we, fight night was last night. This morning we were watching the recording and this one guy, he had, he was killing it. And he just got over aggressive and he's just mm-hmm. running. And his, he's just running behind his punches. And the other guy just kind of found that one moment and just tagged him right. And the guy ran right into his fucking fist. And the thing is, you have to be a little bit more intelligent about your attacks. If a little more just, calculated. Yeah. If you're just going in there, guns a blazing. <laughs> Without a, a target, without a, a message, without a goal, then you're just going to be ignored. Because, honestly, nobody gives a shit if you're upset. Okay? It's not... Things don't change because people are upset. Things change because there's a better way to do things. Uh. So, if again, with bringing it back to Kaepernick, it's like, if you wanted to change things, then you have to offer a solution. Just saying things aren't good enough for you to support is not enough. 
Yeah. And then I heard that he didn't even vote. Yep. It's like, dude. Yep. Dude. Yep. Come on. Yep. You're you're playing right into the hands of right wing media that's going to say any liberal that protests this, that, whatever, they're just idealists who have no idea about anything and they're just angry and then blah 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 blah. All of that. You're playing right into that narrative. And you can't at that point, you almost can't even blame the media for uh, the the story is right there, served on served to them on a silver platter. So what else do you expect them to do? Yeah, and you can't in one breath, or I guess in one kneel, we'll say, um, protest something and exercise your right to protest something, but then not do what's considered your civic duty by voting. Right. I mean, that just it, like you said, it's it's borderline hypocritical in my opinion. Um, if not, if not just hypocritical, because like I said, you're ex- exercising your right to protest, but you're not doing your civic duty, which I mean, that becomes kind of a, not like a politically moral conundrum, I guess, because it's one of those things, well, yeah, I have a right to protest, but I don't have to vote. Okay, but you don't have to protest, you're choosing to protest, so why don't you choose to vote, too? Yeah. But I mean, again, that that, I guess comes down to personal uh, biases or personal thoughts on the matter but in my opinion if you're gonna exercise that right since i did, wasn't allowed to vote this year i definitely had a rude awakening because not because of not being allowed to vote so for somebody on this side of it who wasn't allowed to to see somebody exercise a right that he has and still was able to vote but didn't it, it's kind of a kick in the dick personally <laughs> to me like uh, or, a, uh, might I say, a knee to the dick, uh, because you're taking, <laughs> you're not taking advantage Important of this. Distinction. <laughs> you're not taking advantage of the system necessarily, but you're definitely not doing your part to aid in your protest, which is part of your right. So you got to, I mean, we have civic duties and then we have our civil rights. So, I mean, again, there's where the little bit of the gray area, I guess, would come in because, well, you don't have to vote. You don't have to protest either. So, I don't know. It's just my and opinion. I don't, I don't even necessarily think that you're being hypocritical if you don't vote, but mm-hmm. you're protesting. Mm-hmm. But just the main idea that what a protest is and what it should be and why you should protest something. You could very well have abstained from voting and have staked a position where you didn't feel that it was appropriate for you to vote and then something comes along where you're protesting but again it comes down to the fact that a protest should have a message and a solution Mm -hmm. you need to have something you're protesting against that's a concise thing that you can state in one sentence i am protesting against blank 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 and instead of that, I want solution this, 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 this. That's how a protest should be. If you're, again, if you're just going out to air your grievances, nobody has the responsibility of making you feel better about mm-hmm. what you don't feel good about. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, it, not necessarily hypocritical, it's just counterproductive. Mm-hmm. You're just making yourself, you're playing into the millennial crybaby stereotype that's already out there. Yeah, we don't need any help with that, that's for sure. So that being said, we want other things to talk about. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of other things going on in the world. There's a lot of other things going on on 
local level, the national level, the international level? Um, what's something you've been paying attention to lately besides politics? Um, besides politics, um, something I've been keeping an eye on because I've been listening to a lot of New Jersey 101.5 in my car is the whole gas tax thing in New Jersey. And, um, I mean, it it definitely falls back into politics to an extent, but just more specifically, for those of you who don't know, um, there is a gas tax passed in New Jersey, uh, and, you know, the whole idea is the tax is supposed to be to reappropriate funds to help our our, uh, transportation system all over the state, you know, fix train tracks, fix roads, fix bridges, and all that shit, and people are all up in arms because... We got a 23 cent per gallon gas tax, and we don't know where the money is going. And obviously, the argument is is they're just going to pocket probably half the damn profits off the taxes. And there was all this fine print going into the vote about how, you know, it's going to be reappropriated to help our transportation system and all that. But there was, like I said, there was a lot of fine print that said, and any surplus could be used here, surplus could be used there, and that's the shit people weren't reading. So when the gas tax got passed, people started getting up in arms about that, started protesting get the gas prices and all that shit, giving Christie shit, which I can't say I blame them for that. Um, that being said, we're y- talking about... Two to three dollars extra. Yeah, and then there's that part of it too. I was that's exactly where I was getting with it too. I mean, when it comes down to it, I know it's more about the principle that it's just getting the you know another tax, another tax, another tax, another you know million dollars every other damn month. That's just going to go into the governor's pockets and all his puppets and all that shit. But so like I get that part of it, but at the end of the day, like you said, let's say a big truck that's a gas truck, you're only going to be paying five bucks extra at the most. And that's if like you're filling your tank from empty and like a decent sized gas truck. So like, that's something I've been keeping an eye out and just listening about because that's one of the big things going on in Jersey right now is the gas tax. Um, but I mean, well that it comes that your position on that comes down to, I mean, if you were a Bernie supporter, which you were, we both were, mm-hmm. then you would have been in favor of higher taxes in different well, in different areas. And the, uh, the, the qualm comes in with whether money is being spent. It's exactly well. the problem, and right? And we know, we already know that corruption in government is, is pervasive. It's right? rampant. It's yeah. absolutely rampant. And so that's all, that's one issue. And... If we have decided as a generation, if you want to put it that way, if we have decided that the the, the Bernie Sanders political revolution is, has started and we're going to revamp this government and we're going to start by being involved with local politics, we're going to start getting the right people in office to vote in the right representatives, mm-hmm. to vote in the right representatives, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, then that's not necessarily a bad thing because the misappropriation of funds only goes as far as the misappropriation of power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily, I didn't necessarily see a big, like we're in my eyes, worse things can happen than having to pay an extra $2 a gallon, whether or not those $2 a tank tank. Sorry. No, I just uh, want to make sure yeah, that's, that's a big clear. difference. Right. No, exactly. An extra $2 a tank. Yeah. You know, if the, the funds are not going to where they're supposed to go, then that, 
just boils down to a problem that we've already acknowledged and have already decided that we're going to fight against. But the tax itself doesn't really seem to be that imposing. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not going to change your life that much. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. People are very. It's more. It's um, definitely the problems with it are much more principled than they are. Um, what would be the word? Um, not literal, but like. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the word is. But you but, know where I'm going, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not necessarily about the actual two dollars. Yes, there you go. But yeah. It's a, it's about the uh, the idea behind it. But, that there's just more corruption, and the money isn't going where it's supposed to be going. But that speaks to what I think a lot of people. What the problem with a lot of people's approach to politics and policy is, is that they look at a lot of issues as individual issues mm. and this all that whole thing comes back to getting the right people in office mm. so starting from the very bottom yeah that is already we've already established okay we need to revamp this government we need to start local and vote upward and so yeah maybe the revenue from the gas tax right now based on people who we have in office is not going exactly where we want to want it to go but that's a problem that will be solved by our involvement in politics, our voting in interim elections and local government, and those things will be solved. Mm-hmm. So, again, as much as it's a principled issue, you have to realize that that fight is already being fought or has a, has a front, has, mm-hmm. a, has a, a tagline. It already has a, a forum in which to be brought up, and that's the general political revolution that we're going to the the whole structure of government is wrong all that stuff it all falls under the same thing so again it comes back to we've dealt with that we've discussed that we've dealt with that and we can we can accept that you know this change is not going to be overnight but this just adds to what's going to be affected by that change so again, it's not something you need to really discuss at Christmas dinner. Yeah, yeah, it's that's not something that's you need to sure. fight with your 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 family members about. Especially not, and no, no, this is no offense at all. This is just pure fact. Especially our older, staunch relatives, and I say our, meaning everybody. I'm talking me and you. I'm talking our listeners. I'm talking everybody. Like we all have that very staunch in their ways older relative who isn't going to let up regardless of what you say. So you just got to pick your battles sometimes. And this is one specifically where it's kind of just like somebody's going to say one thing about it being a good thing, and you're going to say, yeah, but, and it's just going to be back and forth, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. So just you just got to pick your battle sometimes. Personally, I have relished the opportunity to get back to a position where, you know, during the race during the whole race there was a tendency to lean towards the democrats and to watch uh or or whatever type of media to to in intake information from the media and have a stake in democratic leaning stuff Mm -hmm. whether or not it was true you want Mm -hmm. the democratic uh message to be out there and more credible and and taken more seriously and treated with more legitimacy because of 
the results of this very narrow two-person dichotomy. Mm. And now that the race is over, the ability to step back from that and to be able to say the Democrats and, and, and not be a part of that it has been so freeing for me because mm-hmm. if Hillary had won first day in office, I would have been just as hard on her absolutely as I would have been on anyone else. Absolutely. And same goes for Trump. That's how it's going to be. But we're not there yet. So I don't have to associate anymore. And now we get the opportunity to step back and kind of go back to where we were as independent thinkers, independent people, and talk about and think about things that are more general, more widespread. I've thought, I've gotten back to thinking more about religious, uh, just topics relating to religion, Mm -hmm. morality, philosophy, all these kind of things. And not everything we do or say is painted with this backdrop of politics and this, this anchor in politics and that's how it's been and now we can step back and i think though the things it's about remembering what you stood for what you cared about before the media and the political system forced us to get involved in their game and and be very emotionally charged about it at that and pick from one of two sides Mm -hmm. so people kind of lost their heads in that too yeah and now we can step back we can remember that whether or not, or regardless of who you supported in the race, that the problems that existed, the problems that we talked about, were always there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the ways that we as individuals coped with, with those systematic, uh, whatever you want to call them, the, the problems that we did, whatever it is we didn't like about it, or whatever it is you don't like about it, fact is you had your life and you live your life despite those things mm-hmm. and now we can go back to that mm-hmm. it's not so front and center and it's important to especially if you did not support trump there's a tendency to be stuck on this idea that oh no trump's president we have to fight this now mm-hmm. and you really we're going at it wrong just don't you don't you can just fucking let it be yep shit's gonna fall i mean the chips we survived nixon we we survived george bush george w bush trump is smarter than bush and he's not quite as much of a crook as nixon right i mean if you had to compare so yeah you yeah. know i mean things are not going and the fact is the president just doesn't have that much fucking power yeah so the things that he's talked yeah. about now, I get the whole other, the other side of the protests that, you know, like people wearing the safety pins for solidarity for minorities and LGBTQ, whatever. I get that, too. Oh, speaking of, let me cut you off for a second. My favorite fucking person on Facebook who tends to post a lot <laughs> of uh, extremely emotionally charged, extremely right-wing, I would say borderline radical things had a uh, Facebook status one day that was if you change if you've changed your profile picture to that of a safety pin no he his grammar wasn't even that good i can't even give him <laughs> that his thing was like if you change your profile picture to a safety pin i'm defriending you and it was just like and this is a grown man like he's got kids he's got grandkids and this is i guess 
listeners, this is that staunch relative I'm talking about, I guess. Um, but this guy, again, I would say borderline radical about his views. And like, it was just like, really, bro? Really? Like, you can say whatever you want on Facebook, but you're going to tell me you're going to defriend me on Facebook if I change my profile picture to a safety pin? Like, you posting that gives me just as much right to change my picture to a safety pin and you not get pissed about it because I could have very easily posted on that status, okay, well, you're infringing upon my right to do that or at least my just want to do that, so I'm going to defriend you because you're being a prick about it. So don't, and he's one of those ones that it's like I'll respect my own views enough to post them and everything, but as soon as I get challenged on them, it's, the other person is wrong right, right away because he posted this article about um it was right after the election and there it was a video with an article about these uh i think it was a group of black people beaten up on a white dude that had voted for trump mm-hmm. or something like that yeah. i think i showed you the post and he was he his comment on the um on the article whatever you want to call it was something to the effect of uh, keep doing it this way and we'll do things our way. So I commented and I said, well, what are you going to do? What is your way? Or are you just going to keep sensationalizing it like this on Facebook? And right away, like he and his son jumped on the defensive, started assuming I was vote that I voted for Hillary, like started to just put words in my mouth and shit. So finally I just, said at the very end about how I was like, yo, you don't know me, you don't know who I voted for, you don't know how who I supported, who I do support, who I don't support, so don't tell me what I'm doing or tell me what I'm doing wrong or doing right when you don't even know anything about my ideals. And then I was told that they have, quote, they have their ways and they will use them to make changes. And I was like, okay, what are those ways? I asked, I genuinely asked, and I even said, I'm genuinely asking what are your ways to, to like help a problem like this? And the next post was, you don't need to worry about how we're going to do it. And I was just like, well, then how am I supposed to help? How am I supposed to help if you're not going to tell me the ways to make this better? And that's where the conversation ended. As always. As always. And I mean, that, again, goes back to the same things that aren't specifically related to politics, mm-hmm. but just general conversation, general perspective, that these conversations are the lifeblood of maintaining society, maintaining Mm -hmm. civilization, and creating an environment for change. If you want to change something, you need to be aware of how things are. You need to be aware of the nuance. And when I say that, I mean the nuances. You need to completely and com- comprehensively or at least you know to a, a relatively high degree mm-hmm. you, you you have to have some knowledge it's not to say that you need to know everything about an issue in order to form an opinion or to have a a, a desire to change things but you have to be at least somewhat informed and then you have to have ideas about why what's happening is not how it should be happening and what should change about that mm-hmm and if you just say, oh, we have our ways, that says to me violence. Exactly. That says, that exactly. says to me that you're just going to be violent just like they're going to be violent. And that is the number one, if you're talking about politics, that's the narrative that both sides want to perpetuate, that they can pit one side against the other 
each saying the other side is violent. And just on a person-to-person basis, when you come across somebody who doesn't necessarily agree with what you have to say, to just revert to saying, oh, if you don't agree with it, then I'm going to do something violent. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the thing. It was very, very implicit that these ways of taking care of things, as they so put it, um, and I say they because, like I said, his son even jumped in on it, and... um, like we're like attacking me about it and again these ways that you're going to keep to yourself but it was very implicit that the ways were violence like and i know them they're gun toters and uh you know i have no problem with that but it's like don't imply that you're going to use those to solve problems that are already violent again it's counterintuitive it's counterproductive yeah like tell me how what your plan is other than posting it on facebook and i would love to help i don't want to see a bunch of black people beating up some dude just because he voted for Trump. I don't want to see a bunch of white people beating up on a black person for voting for Hillary. You know what I mean? I don't want to see any of that. So if you've got a way to fix it, share them. Share them. The but they fucking, don't. No. They don't. Of no. They don't. Because they don't have any ideas. It's all, it's all conjecture. It's all, oh, I'm going to do this. You don't need to know what I'm going to do. Like, that's what they told me. I don't need to, I, me, I don't need to know what they are going to do to fix it. And I might not need to know, but I'd like to know. <laughs> I'd like to offer my input. And this is a guy that is just disrespectful as he can be with his posts i have said to him numerous times and i hate to keep saying on facebook on facebook but that's the only um contact i have with this person i i've said to him on numerous occasions i would love to sit down with you have a beer and have an adult conversation about these things and he would you know i took his daughter to prom you know i'm very (laughs) and we'll leave it at that there sir um (laughs) and uh So, like, the guy knows me, and, like, we had a respect for each other at one time. We're talking 10 years ago now is my prom, but point is, is, like, we used to have a friendship to where we could have an adult conversation, and it has just devolved so much within the past two or three months. Because usually when he posts stuff, I'll just be like, oh, Christ, here we go again. Here is going to be some crazy radical post that I'm just going to have to stifle myself and not say anything because I know it's not going to get anywhere. But that was one of the ones where I we were sitting on the couch together up at the apartment, and I was just like, I, I can't let this one go. I can't let this one go. And now I realize, getting back to picking your battles, I probably should have just let it go. But you know what? Maybe that made them think. Uh, I, I doubt it. I'm not going to give them that much credit. And I'm not being snobby, but you've heard it before. I'm an elitist, and I don't apologize for it. Um, you know, I, I don't give them enough credit to be thinking, oh, you know what? Maybe we should have thought of something other than I'm not telling you my ideas to fix something. But I highly doubt it. I highly, highly doubt it. I would hope that they saw the air in their ways and said, oh, you know what? If we have ideas, maybe we should share them and get input. Even if it's from your other radical right-wing friends, they might even, you know, cut you back and say, hey, reel it in, reel it in. We don't need to go around fucking shooting people just to solve problems, you know what I mean? But, like, I'm not allowed to know those ideas, so I can't have my input on the matter anyway. So I'd love to still sit down with this guy and just have a talk with him. I don't think we could ever have a podcast with the guy, because it would 
get messy really, really fast. But um, I just to see like where did this come from? Like where like and he's got such an anger in his ideals too. Like where did that come from, man? Because it's oof, it's violent. It's implicitly violent. Sometimes it's ex- explicitly violent, and it's kind of like. Uh, what would be the word? It's kind of disappointing because he's a grown man and a man that I at one point had a decent amount of respect for because his daughter was a very good friend of mine. I still consider to be a very good friend of mine. So just out of sheer respect for the family, I had respect for the man. And it's just gotten less and less over time. And I don't know if I could still sit down with him and have a beer and have a conversation because there's a lot of things that at one time I would have said, okay, fine, let me just back up on that one. But if we were to sit down and talk now i don't think i would be able to just sit back and let him quote have something you know i I couldn't do it because he's gotten that radical about some things yeah Uh and and again that brings us back to the whole thing about this isn't you know you said we were gonna talk about things other than politics and here we are (laughs) well no the idea is that what we are talking about is bigger than politics it is it applies applies to politics Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be just about politics. Rooted these in things politics. are yeah, these things are fundamental in the sense that these are ways you should be communicating with people if you want productive conversation, if you want to have conversations with people that lead you to understand more about people who disagree with you. Whether or not either of you convince each other of anything at all, mm-hmm. but just to understand what's out there so that you as a human being can can just have that information and act and behave and think accordingly. Mm-hmm. That's how you deal with your fucking life. That's how you deal with anything. And so when we say we're going to get away from politics, it's not that we're not going to talk about these things because these things directly apply to politics. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that Whereas in the last how many months, a lot of this has been focused on politics. The fact is we take these same ideas and they're applied outside. They're applied to every aspect of your life. If you're talking about music, first thing off the top of my head, if you're talking to somebody about music and you're talking to somebody who loves country music and you hate country music... At the end of the day, nobody's going to concede and say, okay, I love country music now, necessarily. Or vice versa. Right. But you might get at least to a to each his own agreement. <laughs> and that's really where you want to end up Agreed. with any conversation, mm-hmm. is either an agreement or an agreement upon a disagreement. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, it's okay for people, like a lot of people who supported Trump, have very valid reasons as to why they did so. And, you know, to say that everybody who supported Trump was a racist and blah, 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 we've gone over how that's not a a fair depiction. Whereas, of course, there are definitely people who were directly influenced by the rhetoric of Trump. But my my whole thing is that those people were already racist. Those people were already angry. Those people Mm -hmm. already whatever they were. And yes, they were empowered by the rhetoric, rhetoric of Trump, but... 
Those people are there. Whether Hillary won or not, those people are still going to be there. Whether Trump was around or not, those people were still going to be who they were and act how they were going to act. And yeah, maybe they feel a little bit more empowered and you might have a little bit stronger feelings about it if you're if you're black, if you're Muslim, if you're whatever, and you felt the direct uh, direct impact. I can't deny that. I'm lucky enough, you know, I'm brown-skinned. I'm lucky enough not to have felt that directly. But I know that it's out there, and I know people who have felt it directly. But you have to understand that's part of the pendulum swing of politics in general. When Obama was first elected, and over the last eight years, there was a lot of conservative people who, just voicing their opinion, just living their lives the way that they lived their lives, they were demonized. Mm Mm-hmm. For better or for worse, mm-hmm. whether they should or shouldn't have been. From their own perspective, they were just living their own lives, and they were demonized for just living their lives the way they lived their lives. And now, as society normally does, it's swung the other way, and and that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You can't blame politics for individual people's actions, or individual people's individual actions. Whether or not it's inspired by this, that, or whatever, people are people, and... Something like a political race is not enough to change a person at their core. Mm. And I hate that it has to come to the cases where people really have been been emboldened to enact their bigotry because of Trump's rhetoric. Mm-hmm. And I'm not at all saying that that hasn't happened. But to take the examples of that happening to say that we now have to fight against the entire establishment as if there was no problem before. Mm. You know, like, this is just another step down the same road we've been going down. And so that's what I mean by bringing it back to the, uh, the things that we wanted to talk about and the things that we wanted to do to improve society. Those things are still in effect. Those things, if anything, are more important now than they were before. The ideas of conversation and open discussion, intellectual integrity, all these things are more important now. And it's not because we're definitely facing the end of the world. It's because people are emboldened to express themselves Mm -hmm. in a way that they haven't been before. Mm -hmm. So you, you, the listener... You have to also be in a position where you're ready to express yourself in a way that you may not necessarily have been inspired to or felt obliged to do so before. All the more reason now to get into these conversations, to get into uncomfortable positions with Mm. people you're close to, to discuss these things, to get them out there. Yeah, I mean, as much as we've talked about um, uh, religious discussions with my mother, uh, it's not that we're, like, shitting on her belief system or anything like that, her faith or anything like that. I'm just trying to have a genuine conversation with my mom about these things when they come up. And it's most of the time when you're here, just naturally these things come up or we'll make a snide remark to the other (laughs) one and, you know, that one thing leads to another. But at least mom and I come to an impasse to where it's just like, all right, mom, you know, I I can't, can't fix your blind faith or whatever, 
but I'm, it's not going to change how I feel about your blind faith either. So, like... Yeah, my dad, my dad makes jokes about, oh, when you when you convert... Oh, that was rough. <laughs> that was bro. rough. Come on, bro. Yeah, that was that was not good. That was not good at all. As I'm fucking still in the midst of convincing him that climate change is real. Yeah. He's, uh, I, I mean, you know, he came with us to Dawkins and he's trying to be open-minded about things, but he doesn't realize that that hanging on to this idea that there is doubt in the climate science community. I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? There's doubt about whether we ever landed on the moon. There's mm-hmm. doubt about whether the Earth is round. There's doubt about whether the government was behind 9-11. And just from those examples, I would say that there's more evidence for some of those things, the, the conspiracy theories behind some of those things, the idea that humans caused climate change and we need to do something about it, that that's a hoax. Mm-hmm. There's more evidence, other conspiracy theories. I really don't know what else to call it at this point, but... There, he'll quote a random scientist here or there that, you know, how many years ago said one thing and what, a, and it's like, okay, I get it. There's doubt. You, I'm not going to say that everyone in the world agrees. You can always find dissenters, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean anything unless you can provide evidence. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at with him. Um, he's, I, I feel like he's on the cusp of accepting it. Because every time he we, we got into a pretty heavy discussion about it, and I was able to outline directly, like, look, the reasons that this is not valid is because A, B, C. That if this is true, then that means that every scientist is who, in every field who has the ability to uh, measure CO2 levels or temperature changes, all these things, that they're all lying or they're all wrong. So if that's what you're saying, then I can't disprove that. But that's a that's quite a claim, and you yeah. have to have some significant evidence that that's the case before I'm going to believe that. And I don't I don't think he understands the humility that that is involved in taking that position. And that's that's a problem too. Is um, not just your dad. Is is people don't see us as having any humility they just think we're me and you are putting ourselves on a pedestal talking about these things but it's just like no that's not the case at all we're trying we might be aiming to get ourselves on a pedestal but that's based on any evidence and knowledge that we've gained over the years and hell more specifically just doing this the past year because this is about a year we've been doing this now um and I think that there's an assumed or presumed um, thought of arrogance towards people that are like me and you. And that's a shame because we have, we do have the humility to say to somebody that disagrees with us, all right, let's hear you out and then I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Like, okay, I'm still going to tell you why you're wrong, but I've got the humility to at least hear you out. Whereas on the other side of the coin, it's, they just don't want to hear it. They just don't want to hear it. It's out, you know, that they know what it is and that, because, they know where we're going with something. Yeah, that happens and, a lot. And because the because we are confident coming from that humility and have exactly. taken the time to be humble and to learn, 
that has given us the confidence in the conclusions that we've come to. That gets lost. That, to them, looks like arrogance mm-hmm. because they've done the same thing. They, or excuse me, they haven't done the same mm-hmm. thing. They haven't taken the humility. So their confidence is without that prerequisite of humility. Mm. And so to them, because their uh, their confidence is so easily refuted that they think ours is the same thing. It's yeah. the false equivalency that goes back to every religion versus science debate we have. It's like, well, how do you know that faith isn't boo-boo-boo? It's like, because I've read shit. I've learned shit. You mm-hmm. just think you know shit because you felt something. Or just turn around and say, well, how do you know that it isn't? Or, you know, just the, whatever you said, the converse to whatever you said. Because that's what it always is. Well, how do you know that there isn't? Well, how do you know that there is? It's, I mean, at the most rudimentary level. If we're going to have that discussion, don't ask me how do I know because you don't know either. Right. And it's like, I, how do I know? Because I've done this much research. And still with that much, much research, I stake the position that I could be wrong. Absolutely. You haven't done the research for the opposing side, Mm -hmm. and you don't even have the the humility to say that you could be wrong. You're stuck in this idea, well, there's doubt in climate change, so... It's not real. That must be be valid, because Mm -hmm. there's doubt. He said that to me. If there's doubt... Then, then there, then it's not. Oh, I mean, I forget exactly what he said. What he was trying to say that just because there's doubt, that means it's not a settled issue. Ah, see, that's and a that's big just problem, a, that man. is that's fundamentally a big, yeah. flawed. Yeah, that's a that logic is fundamentally flawed, and my ability to see the flaw in that logic comes off as arrogance because he can't see it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a hard fight, but it's something that I feel like needs to be. Yeah, you know, he asked me things like, I'm paraphrasing, but why does it matter? And I'm not an alarmist when it comes to climate change. You mean, why, do, why does climate change matter? Yeah, Was why does point? it matter okay. that we, we do whatever? And I'm not an alarmist. I don't necessarily think that the world's going to come to end. It come to an end. I have a, uh, if I want to put my faith in anything, I have a faith in human ingenuity and technology. And I do think that before the world... I would call it a trust. Whatever you want to call it. I don't mind calling it in faith okay. because I don't know. I don't know what technology is coming, but I have faith sure. that in the future, in the near future, because people are working on it, that we will develop ways. Because this whole thing is, I talk about alternative energy, and he talks about how that's not right now based on what he's read. It's not viable, and we can't do this. As if that's a reason to just say, oh, yeah, well, Fuck it. we don't have the technology to make alternative energy viable for the whole world to go on, so fuck it. It's like, As no. a solar field is being built yeah, across right? the street from my brother's yeah. house. It's like, no, like, what you need to understand is that, and, and, and the funny thing is, he was the one to first articulate the whole thing about how humans always find a way to do this and technology, da 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 and I'm like, dude, I agree with you. But the fact is, if you deny that there's a problem, then we will never get the funding to develop that technology. And you can't say, oh, yeah, technology, all. we'll get technology, we'll get technology. It'll, they'll, that'll sort of decide. They'll, they'll sort figure it out. it out, yeah. But if they have no money because there's a whole 
portion of the country that's denying that there's mm-hmm. a problem, then the that, that technology will not come about. Right. So the whole point is that we need to acknowledge that there's a problem of human-caused climate change, that the temperatures, the average temperatures, the climate is changing radically because of human behavior and that we need to directly uh, focus our attention on how to solve that. We have solar energy, we have wind energy, we have nuclear energy, but any Hydro. one of those by themselves definitely isn't enough to, to run the world. Right. And even in, 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 uh, in using them all together, even using them all together, it's not at the place right now where we can just switch over and be good. There's this whole thing with the Standing Rock, uh, the Dakota Access Pipeline. Mm -hmm. It's like, my dad doesn't understand why that's a bad thing. And I'm like, fracking is bad. You know, oil is bad for the environment. Fracking is bad for the environment. All this shit, water, this, that, whatever. Not even taking into account the fact that it's not... American soil, it's it, or, or you know part of the United States and uh, as our government, it belongs to the Native Americans and the U.S. government is trying to do shit on that land when they don't want it there. First of all, this whole fucking continent was theirs mm-hmm. and we took it. And this whole fucking same people who are up in arms about immigration don't mind our ancestors being immigrants. Mm-hmm. It's the new immigrants, but. That's the, even putting that aside, the idea that we need to spend all the money, spend all the time, spend all the energy to do something that's risky and this, that, whatever, that all of what, you know, go down the list of reasons why we shouldn't do it. That is all painted on a backdrop of believing that we need oil oil's the only way and and it's just not the way that it is if we were to repurpose those funds into developing the technology to make solar better to make wind farms from a from a capitalistic sense the market always drives innovation these mm-hmm. are, again these mm-hmm. are the same conservative people that put all their trust in the market all their trust in capitalism they hate socialists that so let it let the market do what it does they you know the uh, republicans and re- recently trump talked about saving our jobs bringing our jobs back this that and the market does not want jobs in america manufacturing jobs in america why because it's not good for the bottom line mm-hmm. So let the lesser developed countries do what they do. Let our country, who is more developed, work on shit that's more developed, like technology. And of course it's not that simple. It's not, you know, you can't just break it down into one sentence. But the basic idea is that jobs, if you want jobs, you want to create jobs for Americans, then you need to foster the environment where jobs are available. You don't create jobs. The market creates jobs. Jobs are there when the market demands them. So if you let, if you stop all these sanctions, like, you you know, Trump talks about keeping uh, manufacturing here. Those are, you're, you're now talking about more government. You're talking about government policy that prevents an American-owned company from doing what they can to increase their profits to the best of their ability, which right now means taking manufacturing over to China, to Bangladesh, wherever it may be. 
to deny them that and create tax incentives so that they create those things here, well, that's not capitalism. That's socialism. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, speaking of, I was going to say, it's all right when a Republican proposes taxes, but if a Democrat proposes taxes, it's automatically socialism. Uh, it's, uh, that's just one of those things that I was Well, they just don't, it's because they don't talk about it. They talk about it in jobs. They don't yeah. talk about it in taxes. They yeah. talk about it in jobs. Yeah. Jobs, good. Taxes, bad. Right. But it's right. all the same shit. Where do you fucking think all this shit comes from? Like, you don't just, jobs don't just fucking come out of nowhere. Jobs are created by the supply and demand that has held this country up since since the industrial age since mm-hmm. we got off slave trade mm-hmm. the inconsistencies in these people's thinking is so it's so blatant it's so blatant like i wrote something to my dad we were talking about this climate change thing and um i wrote out an email he sent me an article that was a blog post that talked about some fucking bullshit i don't know I and I debunked the whole thing line by line. Oh, yeah. I went through the whole thing, and he was singing praises about how oh I, I write better than than his PhD students and this that. And I mean, okay, I'll take compliments. Right, but at the end of the day, I'm really not putting that much out there. Like I'm just laying out a very basic case with very basic logic, and the fact that you have PhD students that don't even think on this level is scarier to that me. Is scary. Than, than almost anything else because, okay, you're, you know, a man who's in his 60s and you have your ways. You didn't grow up in this country. You grew up on different family values. You grew up on, There's a lot of reasons to explain why you, you might fall into that. But if you're talking about American students who are now not even able to articulate their point as well as somebody who barely crawled away with a bachelor's degree... <laughs> Like, granted, I've done a lot of my own independent uh, learning and whatever, and I owe a lot of my ability to formulate arguments and articulate my point. I owe a lot of that to stuff I did in college, to specifically my philosophy uh, courses, and even more specifically to my class, uh, Logic and Language. Uh, taught by Joel Feldman, Ryder University. Shout out. Oh, mm-hmm. he was supposed to be a guest. I gotta follow up on that. Word up. Uh, but these are basic ways of thinking. And it's it, it's that's kind of coming back to the whole reason that we're doing this podcast that we're that we made all really is that these things should be ubiquitous. Everybody should be able to to think along these lines. You don't have to think the same... You don't have to come to the same conclusions. Not at all. Every, because even if you have the same mode of thinking as we do, you have different values in your life and that still may lead you to be a you know, right, super right-wing Republican. And that's fine. That's okay. We don't all have to agree. But you have to have reasons for being who you are, for thinking what you think, for standing for what you stand for, for voting for what you vote for. These things just come out of nowhere, and and it seemingly, they come out of nowhere. It just seems like you you, you hit a, you, you say some key words, mm. and, and you, you trigger these responses, like a Manchurian candidate type of thing. And people just follow the right words, and the people who say the words that they know... And the people who say the words they don't like are the enemy. And it's just like, it's so, like, just think. 
Yeah, it's amazing that rational thinking has become such a commodity these days. Like, novel concept thinking rationally, it's a shame. It really is. And again, again, it goes back to, you know, my brother pointed out, again, my brother, you guys heard him on uh, the Ruby Buff Trash Knife, I Mm -hmm. think it was called. (laughs) ARP-14, whatever it was called. Um, You can hear that he is an independent thinker, uh, but he doesn't necessarily agree with a lot of things that I say, a lot of things that we believe, uh, but he has his own lifestyle, he has his own positions on things that he comes to based on his values. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily have a problem, I don't agree with a lot of the things, I do agree with a lot of things, but I disagree with a lot of things he says and things, but I respect that he's come to those conclusions for valid reasons, that he's thought about them, or even if he hasn't thought about them, he has the ability to take novel concepts and apply them in such a way that it works, Mm -hmm. that he has the proper tools to take novel information and encode it into his way of thinking. At least there's a process. But that just doesn't happen with a lot of people. No, it doesn't. And the, the more time that goes on, the more I realize that people are just... If they're not apathetic, then they're just arrogantly ignorant. And if you don't have, you know, he talks about how people don't always have the time to think about these things to the extent and with the depth that I do, which I respect. I've decided to forego money-making endeavors so that I could commit myself to this. And, not, you know, not everybody's going to do that. I mean, hell, even I don't have the time to do it a lot. You know, it all come in and you just fill me in on shit if need be, you know? But like, there even you I don't go. Have the it's time like, to do if it. somebody else has thought more about this, you don't have to agree with them. Mm-hmm. But if they know more than you do, just have the fucking humility to... Just under- hear it. Yeah. Just, just accept facts, that they man. have a better handle on it than you do. Mm-hmm. And even if you strongly disagree, then you can take what they know and disagree with the facets of what they're saying on a fundamental level in terms of what your values are, whether you, you know, what you think about hard work, what you think about money, what you think about society, whether you think that the rich should help the poor. Those things are fundamental. And if you don't have this idea that it's a responsibility of those who are more well-off to help those who are less well-off, then that's something you have no obligation to feel that way. I think if you talk to me long enough with an open mind that you will change your mind, but I don't you you don't have that that's not something i need out of a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. and if you think that everything comes down to personal responsibility and no matter what circumstances you grew up in no matter what it all comes down to you it all comes down to you have to pull your own bootstraps up and make something of yourself this that and whatever that's fine but if you don't understand the effects of sociology and psychology on uh, on people of different backgrounds and stuff then you're not you're just not you're just on not well informed on how these things work you're not well informed on how humans as a species act and you're just basing your opinion on your myopic anecdotal life experience mm-hmm. lacking a third party perspective Hell, a second-party perspective. So, I mean, if we have to... Let, let, let's let's simplify. Let's simplify some things. Because 
I want to get, I really do want to get back to, we've spent so much time on politics, way more than I ever, ever wanted to. And I think it's important, this is a good time, this is a good episode for us to kind of reiterate what we're doing here, what we want to do, what we stand for, and what we hope as a listener you get out of this podcast in general, not necessarily this single episode. And I think that is number one right there, that what we have to offer is something that cannot be captured in a single episode. So if you want to just pick one episode to listen to and think that you know what we have to offer and want to make a decision on whether or not we're worth listening to in general, then again, you're just missing, you're, you're, you're underinformed. Mm-hmm. So that's number one, that we have something that is bigger than one conversation, than one guest, than one topic. That's that's number one. And that became very clear to me when this person listened to just five minutes of <laughs> of the the most laid back and the least intellectual episode we've had. And they thought that they had an idea of what all really is. <laughs> you don't. I'm no, sorry. No. And to just say and not only just to say that, but then to come back later after I explain after a few tweets and you're trying to have a normal conversation with me because you realize you're wrong. Mm. It's like, dude, come on now. Seen that before. <laughs> Number two? Yeah. What else are we doing here? Uh, we're trying to get people to think a little deeper and see the big picture. That, Or no, not see the big picture. See that there is a big picture to a lot of these more specific things that we do end up talking about. It's not so black and white. It's not so cut and dry. There is a much bigger picture to the specific things we talk about. And that's what we try to relate back to. And that's what we hope our listeners can relate back to and see is this bigger picture, or at least that there is a bigger picture to be, uh, to be attained or to be seen. It's not just nuance. Yeah, yeah. That there's new. It's these are nuanced topics, and and that every topic, that every issue is nuanced. Nothing is as simple as it seems. Yeah, I think that's one of the big ones because when we have conversations like this with people who are on the other side of the coin, they don't see that we're saying that there's a bigger picture to things. It's just like, uh, no, they're wrong because I've believed this for 30 years already, or I've believed this for how you know, however long. No, we're just trying to show you that there's a bigger picture to it. No matter what picture you may, you know, we may see diff- two different pictures, but at least understand that there is a larger picture to be seen. It's not so cut and dry. It's not so black and white, as I said. And how about our our whole atheism thing? I feel like over the past few months, we barely have even talked about mm-hmm. i mean if you follow us on instagram or facebook you've definitely seen that i've been posting a lot about that way you uh, all throughout it's not like i've ever stopped with that but especially on the podcast it seems like we've drifted away from this idea of faith and religion being a fundamental flaw in society i think that's something we want to get back to highlighting that the comfort of religion the ritual the, that people get into that, quote-unquote, gives their life meaning. Mm. 
is often, again, it's more nuanced than they realize. And for convenience sake, especially from where we are, Northeast USA, mm-hmm. uh, that it's predominantly Christian, that there's a lot of people who don't really believe necessarily what they say they believe in. They just believe in something and don't have the language to describe that and therefore just put their their beliefs or their experiences, again, using the analogy of the backdrop, they put it against the backdrop of the Judeo-Christian language that we've all uh, become so familiar with. So instead of talking about some some amorphous, uh, intangible something that connects us all or whatever it is, you just say God. Yeah. And you may not believe in that, but you don't have a better word for it, and you don't see the problems with faith in and of itself. And so you've gotten accustomed to talking about God, talking about religion, and you may be strongly spiritual, and you talk about that in religious terms, and that has given you the perspective that atheism is denying the existence of whatever it is you felt, whatever it is you believe in. And that's just wrong. (laughs) That's just not what atheism is. That's not what our atheism is. Some people do believe that. Some people believe that there's nothing. And um, I think those people are just as wrong and arrogant as the people who believe there is something. Mm-hmm. Um, bring it back to our motto. Believe nothing except that anything is possible. You can't say that there is no God. Mm-mm. You don't fucking know. Nope. You don't fucking know. But have the same humility to, to admit that. Because we have the humility to admit that. And once you do that, then you are granted the confidence in saying what you do know. Mm-hmm. Because you've you've broken down your beliefs. You've broken down what it is that you think, your positions. And in many cases, you should be trying to steel man the opposite position. If you don't believe in God, you should spend a significant amount of time and energy... Uh, if it's at all important to you, which it should be. Especially if you believe it. I mean, you would think that it's it's something important in your life, that the creator Mm. of the universe has some interest in your life (laughs) in some way. Talk about humility. Yeah, right. (laughs) You would think that it would be important to, to explore that and to try to steel man the opposite side. Try to make sure that you can't be wrong. And in failing to do so, which you will do on either side, if you're being really humble, then determining what kind of things you can believe in, what kind of things can you trust in, what kind of things can you know that are real. When you feel that spiritual something, that fulfillment, whatever it is, you can call it God, but if you can't steel man the argument that that X factor could be something besides God, then you don't have the linguistic logical right to claim that it is God. Yeah, that's why I found myself out looking for Sasquatch the other night. 
because I mean, Mike Oklahoma, uh, he he he's he's a believer. Our guest from ARP fifteen. Yeah, he he's a he's a believer. He he believes that there's Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever you want to call him, out there somewhere. And I mean, I, I don't know that there isn't. So the other night he came down to my mom's house for Thanksgiving and. Uh, the night before Thanksgiving, you know, we were drinking and whatnot, having a good time, and he had never seen the farmland down here, and he's been mostly out in the shore towns and stuff like that while he's been up here working, so he really enjoyed being out in the open again and down here in the rural area of New Jersey, and uh, he was like, can we go walk around in the fields? I was like, yeah, sure, it's my aunt's property, and, you know, it doesn't matter, we'll go walk around, and, you know, we're out there friggin' doing Sasquatch calls, whoop, 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 you know, <laughs> looking for a friggin' Sasquatch out there, but you know what? It's because I admit to, to to say there's no evidence saying that there's not a Squatch, so what the hell? I'm out here looking for a Sasquatch on my aunt's farm. Like, I, it, it might sound stupid to some of you, but you know what? Again... I believe nothing ex- except that anything is possible, you know? So, uh, sure, I'll go look for Sasquatch with you, Mike. If you think he's out there, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's go looking for Sasquatch. See, I just don't understand. I, this is something I've never understood. The obsession with, well, before the giant squid was was actually mm. discovered. Mm. Giant squid, Loch Ness Monster, Sasquatch, Yeti, these specific... Because uh, I think we were talking about this the other, the other day, last night, whatever, that it's not disputed mm-hmm. that there are many species that we haven't discovered. Mm-hmm. I just... Where does this obsession, this nationwide or worldwide, maybe, obsession with the Yeti, the all these things, where do they come from? Well, do you, do you know about the Patterson-Gimlin film? No. Okay, there's this film from... Back in the late 60s, I think it was 1967, these two guys, Patterson and Gimlin, were out on this hike in uh, Northern California, and the place is Bluff Creek, uh, Bobcat's movie Willow Creek is based on this thing, and um, they were... Is this were, the sighting where there's the yes, video Yes, there's an the actual guy footage. Lo- guy looks back. Yeah, that's the female, apparently, yeah. They call oh. her, yeah, they call her Patty, um... <laughs> There's like a minute and a half video, well, what would be a video these days, but at the time it was just a frame-by-frame film, and on like the 354th frame you see this this ape, bipedal ape-like figure walking upright away from them. Bipedal or bipedal? Whatever Sorry. it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, same difference. Um as much as I like that phrase, too. I was going <laughs> to let it go. Um, that so he, at one point, this patty, this, again, bipedal, bipedal, ape-like creature, looks back at them, and apparently the film is longer than what, like, the big part of the film is. You can look it up on YouTube and watch it, and, like... Of course, there's people that say You've it was probably a, seen it before too. It's yeah, popular. you probably yeah, you definitely. I'm thinking have. of the same one. You've def you've definitely, and that's like the one. So you definitely have seen it at some point. Um, but yeah, so that's I think where the obsession really starts. There were articles and stuff about an ape-like creature back in like the 20s, and you know, in different lore and different culture, there's always been a fascination with this ape-like Sasquatch Yeti uh, creature. But when PG, when the PGF, the Patterson-Gimlin film, came out, that's when people really got, like, strong about it. Like, no shit. Like, there's a Sasquatch out there somewhere. So, I mean, I think that's probably where most of the 
um, passion. I don't want to call it obsession. Uh, I'll say that's where most of the passionate believers root their belief is in this PGF, the Patterson Gimlin film. Um, cause I mean, there hasn't been evidence to suggest that there isn't. So this is the only evidence to suggest that there is. So that's what a lot of it is based in. It is this, is this film strip that you can see. And what, I mean, what is evidence to suggest that it doesn't exist? That's not see that. That's the problem. Exactly. That's, that's the problem. Thing. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. found evidence that suggests that this is not what it, what that doesn't, that's mm-hmm. not going to materialize mm-hmm. the same way. We found evidence that suggests that God does not exist. What would that even look like? Right. So right for people to look at things and and with this confirmation bias because you want that's it, it that's to it. be true, you want it so bad to be true, you can twist anything to look like anything. And think and to be specific, think about showing a Sasquatch believer that video that if they hadn't already seen it like somebody that already believes in sasquatch seeing the pgf they'd probably be like see i knew it i fucking knew it you know see, and that's the I confirmation get, bias. that i get but it's how do you go from not having an opinion on it to going into being one of those people who believe it like a bobcat like a i mean Eddie brit's, brit's all about it dude brit's like strong believer in Sasquatch. But again, I, I mean, no offense at all to it's him. It's cultural. But it's not like he has a comprehensive understanding of biology that would, you know, stand to, oh, well, you know, you can weigh this evidence against that. He's just looking at Sasquatch and Sasquatch and Sasquatch. So, like, what if... Tomorrow, there's some other giant ape, bipedal ape, that's discovered that's, from whatever standards, certainly not the patty that's di- that is supposedly filmed in this in this uh, thing. Like, what it would it what would it take for you to say? I don't even know. I don't. I I just can't. I just don't get that that mindset. I don't know how you miss the the obvious logical fallacies in your thinking. Mm-hmm. And I that's kind of what going back to what we're trying to do here is to 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 point that out is to be like sure of course there might be sure. this. And it's not like there's not people independently looking for new species in general. Like if it was out there, we either would find it or we haven't found it or yet. we haven't found it yet yep it's just like the argument about something not being supernatural because it can't be if it's been discovered apparently it's natural what do you i mean i know what you mean by that but what's the connection like um shit because you said about um what did you just say about sasquatch believing that you're just looking at the one thing that there's people looking for undiscovered species in general but it seems that these, yeah, it seems that people who are look, who are Sasquatch believers, Bigfoot hunters, whatever the fuck you want to call them, yeah. that they're just obsessed with this one thing. It's like, dude, what if you're out there looking for Sasquatch and you fucking find a brand new uh, species of this of beetle, mm. but you're just not looking? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. If you want to go and discover new species, then go get into biology. 
learn about the animals we do know, learn about the habitats in which animals have, uh, uh, whatever it is, habitats where we don't know a lot of the animals, the rainforest, the marine biology, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and go discover what is out there. And, dis- and there, I'm sure that there's exciting and crazy species out there. I mean, we that, know... See, I think that's where the difference comes in for the believers and people who are out squatching. It's like the... Squatching. <laughs> it's, um, there's a definite, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe because the conspiracy has grown so much that that's why that's attractive because it's like, oh, I'm going to be the one to find the squatch where versus finding just another species of a beetle where there's got to be what it's like fucking thousands if not millions of species of different beetles to find another beetle might not be as satisfying to people as finding a squatch it might be a hell of a lot more likely but that's where they'd say well why wouldn't i find one if i can find another species of beetle why can't i find another species of a squatch well because there's been a lot more beetle species already discovered than there have been squatch species yeah, i guess that makes sense you know that i'm just playing devil's advocate i mean here. i get it i get it but it's just the inability to step back from it the inability to have that humble that, that it's what it always comes down to it always comes down to humility People just have this idea that their gut feeling is so strong and so trustworthy. In a very narrow sense of the word, you absolutely do need to trust your instincts and follow your gut and you have certain feelings about things or maybe you meet somebody, you have a certain feeling about them and whatever the case may be. I'm not negating that. I'm just saying you can't over-rely on that and take that oh, I know this, this, this. Mm -hmm. You don't know. You think this, this, this. And if somebody said to me, no, I don't know, that's why I'm out searching, I'd be like, okay, I'll give you that. At least you're out there searching. Don't tell me you know and then not provide any evidence of it. Like, if you're saying, I think there could be an out there looking for it, okay, I'll give you that. Granted, I I don't know. I haven't looked into the what. Squatchers. (laughs) Squatchers. <laughs> I don't know what they do. I don't know how much information they have. I don't know how realistic it actually is that this uh, Sasquatch is real. But at the same time, it's like... Dude, know. there's like conventions and shit. That's what, for, I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I was going to get to. The amount of time and energy that you're spending on this. It's like, why does that matter? Why does that defying your life whether or not this exists it's like but to be fair isn't that what we're doing too just the opposite in what way the i mean we're saying like why does it matter to find a squatch right like what's the big deal your energy could be spent elsewhere is that what you're saying yeah i mean i guess people could turn around and say the same thing to us so it becomes a thing of well what do you think more well just, I don't know, just, it might not be a good example, but talking about Squatch being real or not versus talking about God being real or not, you could, the Squatchers could say, well, why does it matter if God's real or not? Yeah, but I can answer that question. Okay, answer it then. The atrocities and the suffering that has caused to millions okay. of people, or maybe not millions, but over the course of history, millions of people, 
That is why it matters. Fair, and that's and is I there, and I agree. Is there equivalent answer? And I generally ask I don't know. Is there equivalent I, right, answer? and I don't know. We'd have to ask a squatcha for that. Like squatcha. Yeah, like, but th- that's what I was getting at. Like, there is a reason that some things are more important than others. But I guess we still have to maintain that humility to say, like, if you think that is more important, give me a reason, and if it's a valid reason, or at least right. something. I but can... here's the thing. The giant squid uh-huh. was in the same category. Mm-hmm. And we discovered that the giant squid was real. Mm-hmm. Do you know the name of the dude who discovered it? No idea. Has the... Jacques discovery... <laughs> <laughs> That actually might have some... That's probably. Some... But probably. Uh, whether or not that... I mean, what the fuck do we yeah. But has that discovery had any change on your life at all? No. Nah. No, but to somebody who was into it, it would. Just like somebody who might not be into the things we're talking about wouldn't listen to this. I'm just thinking, again, going back to just being a biologist and being somebody who looks based on evidence for species, for new species. Like, because, okay, uh, let me back up and put this more in a frame of reference. With this podcast... A lot of times I think about where we're going with this, what I want to do with this, and I look at the big names in the business, whether it be news or podcasting, whatever it is, media, and I look at that, and of course, I want to be that guy, I want to be a household name, or whatever, but then I take a real look at just producing media, being a media outlet. And there's hordes of people who make a living writing articles for magazines and newspapers and this and that. They're not household names. They're, there's podcasters that aren't household names. Yeah. But they make a living doing what they do. And Dave Rubin, I was just listening to Dave Rubin on the, on the ride here, so that's the first person that comes to mind. But... He has gotten to a point where he's making a living doing what he's doing. His his uh, show is fully crowdfunded. And he's happy doing what he's doing. But I'm sure if you ask the average person, who is Dave Rubin? They probably don't know. No idea. So, again, it, it comes back to that humility of saying, yes, of course I would love to be the guy that everybody knows. Like, oh, if you're going to listen to a podcast, you want to listen to all, really. That would be awesome. Sure. But I would be just as happy doing this and making it big enough where I could just make a humble living Mm. off of producing material and being a media outlet and talking about current events, talking about whatever. Oh, that'd be fantastic. You know, and and so it comes, that ties in. It's like, do you want to, is that the only, is that the only reason that people want to discover Bigfoot is to be the guy and then what see that's where i wish i did know more because i want to say there's such a culture about finding bigfoot i think that's the show um the main show is called finding bigfoot i think uh i wish i did know more so i wish i had a specific answer for that but like there is a culture to it just like there's a religious culture to believing well, in I mean, God. There's a, cultural, there's a culture to any conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. The mm-hmm. landing, and again, with the nuances. It's a very, it's a nuanced thing. But again, if you were to discover that we'd never landed on the moon, which I think... 
I've seen some stuff that's made me question the first moon landing, certainly. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. even if, even if we're to accept that the first doc, you know, uh, what is it, Louis Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, whatever, um... Neil Armstrong. Jesus Christ. Who the <laughs> fuck is Louis Armstrong? The trumpet player. Why do I keep saying That's that? That's so funny. That's why I smirked right away. That's so funny. I was looking at Louis Anderson yesterday. What so a wonderful Louis. world. That's and Louis, I said Louis Anderson. Jesus Christ. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> Jesus. Even if that was ho- that whole thing was faked, I don't see any way that the subsequent Apollo missions were fake. It makes entirely more... Even if that were fake, the most likely scenario is that that was fake, the footage, footage was faked, and then subsequently we went to the moon. But for the entire idea of humanity not leaving the outer atmosphere, mm-hmm. that seems so... Like, you would need some damning evidence because there's so many individual and independent and, and non affiliated with any organizations that not only accept that, but have proven that it's likely, it's possible, it's this, that, whatever. So if you were to discover some damning evidence to say that the Neil Armstrong (laughs) Buzz Aldrin mission, the one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, that whole thing was staged. What would that do for anybody? What would that do? If you were to discover, even if you were to discover that the government was behind 9-11, like in the most conspiratorial way that you could think of, what does that do for anybody? What does that do for you? It gives people a pedestal. That pedestal I was talking about before. It, it gives people that I knew it aspect. Like I knew That's all and it is, man. What? I don't know. But that I, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. That's all it is. It comes down to, oh, I knew it. I knew we never landed on the moon. Oh, I knew the, you know, the government was behind 9-11. That's all it is, man. That's all it is. People are just looking for to be able to say that they were right. Now the question is, do you think that if you and I, like mm-hmm. let's say we were to get a group of those people that were different conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. uh, together, and we were to convince them of a general general skepticism mm-hmm. versus cynicism. Mm-hmm. Do you think that those people would be more fulfilled in the sense that when they find something that they can't confirm, they could be okay with it, but they would be they would they obviously still have that skeptical. Thing in them, but they've let it turn them into cynics. Do you think they're they are losing out on something by focusing all their energy on one specific conspiracy theory, or you know, a handful of conspiracies, rather than a general skepticism? Is that hubris on on my? I guess I'm asking you the question. So on my part, mm. to say that my way of looking at the world is more fulfilling. Um, and when I say more fulfilling, let me make this caveat, mm-hmm. the same way that we've admitted uh, parroting, I believe it's Sam Harris that, or Lawrence Krauss, one of the fucking new atheists, uh, that there's nothing, there's nothing that can replace 
the comfort of truly believing in a God that's watching over you and that you're at, uh, once you die, your soul will be, you know, you'll go to heaven and have eternal happiness, blah, 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 blah. But there's something valuable in, in just keeping your feet on the ground in the sense that you have that skepticism and it doesn't turn to cynicism or it doesn't lead you to down too far down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. Hmm. Is that arrogant? Is that... What do you think? Well, it's a tough question because there's skeptics that focus on specific conspiracies and things to be skeptical about. Um, Us included. Right. So I don't know if it's necessarily any less fulfilling to pick that one thing and spend your life debunking it because at least you're being skeptical about something. I don't know, but these but, people aren't looking to debunk anything. Right, They're looking that's, to confirm something. That's true. They've already made up their minds. And that, that, I, is, and that I in know. and of itself, that distinction, I would wholeheartedly support, I mean, maybe not wholeheartedly, but I would give more support to somebody who was dedicated to debunking the existence of Sasquatch or Loch Ness Monster or mm. whatever it is, or the moon landing, whatever. That, at least there's an end game that comes from, uh, uh, see, even that, even that, I don't know. Because that's what I'm trying to, you know, this is, this is, you're hearing real-time questioning of myself. Because I'm thinking how stupid it is to spend your time doing this, yet I'm sitting here and spending my days talking about how I believe that religion and faith are so bad because of the potential and and the real effects that and the real effects are arguably due to other factors, if not exclusively, at least it's not solely religion that causes the suffering that we which i accept and and that's a that's a whole discussion in and of itself Mm. but i'm just wondering if i have the right to say that other people are wasting their time i feel like i do i feel like i can confidently say if you are a squatcher (laughs) that you're fucking wasting your time it's not gonna do anything for your life and it's better to take... Well, it's going to make you rich if you find a Squatch. Is it? I mean, you don't think that if a Squatch got discovered that whoever discovers it is going to get paid pretty damn well by some museum or something like that. So even if that's... I mean, if that's the only motivation... I mean, what's the, I, mean I would have to know the, what's the process of that. I would, I would, without having any knowledge, I would assume that there are institutions in place for when new species are discovered Mm -hmm. that yeah you might get your name written down somewhere and that's why i wish i do i wish i knew more about the culture because maybe there is something more to it that they're looking for in finding sasquatch but i don't know that there is it could just be so not inherent but um okay okay let's bring it to something that's Let's talk about aliens then. Okay. And UFOs and stuff. Because that's something... Of all the things that people get obsessed with and conspiracies and this and that, that's the most likely thing just based on statistics and... and Astrophysics. (laughs) I mean, 
I'm not saying that it's not likely that there is a uh, an ape species that we haven't discovered. Sure, may very well be. But mm-hmm. is it going to be specifically Sasquatch? Probably not. And if it is, then it just becomes another fucking animal. But that's, well, that's where I was going before with the supernatural versus natural thing. Right. Like it just becomes part of the natural world now. But but what makes it a Sasquatch? You know. Right. What makes it just not a bipedal bipedal? Right. I, I still don't know which way it should be. But uh, what makes it just not a walking on two legs <laughs> ape and a Sasquatch? Like, what's the difference? Like, why not? Why can't it just be a big fucking ape that walks yeah. on its two feet? Why? Why? What makes Sasquatch Sasquatch? And that's why, again, for this conversation specifically, I wish I did know more about the culture because apparently there's lore in a multitude of different countries and cultures and tribes and shit like that. They have a Sasquatch that they believe in or a Bigfoot or whatever they may call it. The natives, I forget what their word for it is, but my point is, is that cultures have different names for the Sasquatch. So why can't it just be a big ass ape that walks on its hind legs? And we can all just agree upon that. Like what makes it a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot? What are those defining features? We don't know because we haven't found one yet. Right. So, and I mean, if we're going to say we're looking for, or they're looking for the thing that was seen on the PGF, the, the, on the film strip. Um, Which, by the way, if you haven't fucking seen it, it looks like a dude in a suit. It walks like a human. And if it, like, I, granted, if you, that were a different species, the way that it walks, it would have to be... The closest thing, it would definitely be a missing, quote-unquote, missing link in biology. Maybe and, that's what they're searching for? I mean, I, I get that whole thing, but it's like, what is that going to do for you personally? How is that going to enrich your life personally? But see, for personally for me, in my opinion, that's when I just chalk it up to two each his own. Like, if that's your journey and that's your, um, if that's your holy grail, that's your holy grail. Like, if that's what you're searching for, and that's what you need to have a fulfilled life for yourself... But how is that any different than saying that about religion? Oh, I'm not saying it is. It's all faith. I'm not saying it is different. But but our... I mean, at least me... Yeah, yeah, we're talking personally. is is that that's not a good thing. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be... Put all your eggs in that one basket... That this certain thing exists to have faith that Bigfoot exists is no different than having faith that God exists. And to live your life based on the existence of a being that you don't know exists is not a good way to live. Okay, so then does it become an issue of we've been having this debate about God or no God for thousands of years and we've only been discussing a Sasquatch or the possibility of a Bigfoot or whatever only, let's say, let, let's highball it and say 500 years. Does it just, is, is that something, is that part of it, that it's just been... Scientology's come around in the last, mm-hmm. what, 60, yeah. 70 years? So that does nothing for me. Hi, Renzo. Hello, <laughs> kitty. That does nothing for me. I, I, I just... But but I was going to say... Uh, I was bringing it to aliens. Mm, right, Because, yeah. okay, if you're going to discover an alien life form, that has major implications for humanity as a whole. That will inspire areas of study that are uh, the results and the implications that are untold from what mm-hmm. can come from that. 
mm-hmm. which makes it inherently a more worthwhile endeavor, in my opinion, at least. And that's, again, the whole, in my opinion, thing is the big part of it. I That's why I said to each his own before. Like, if that's what's going to make your life fulfilling to you, who am I to say you're not allowed to have your own fulfilling a life based upon your own... fucking skeptic who understands that discovering an ape is not going to change humanity. That's who you are. <laughs> I mean, that's... I, I just... But I would, wouldn't I it would change humanity it. because then we're going to start looking for even more species? Uh, but we're already doing that. There's already people doing that. I'm talking specifically in the family of what would be a Squatch. If finding more species of beetles is important, why wouldn't finding more species of Squatches be important? I'm not saying it's not. I'm okay. just saying it's not more important to find a Sasquatch. Oh, I don't think it's more either. So I don't that think it's more important brings us either. back to why wouldn't you just go and just go to the Amazon or whatever Mm -hmm. and take stock of what's there and discover what animals are there and discover what you discover instead of trying to discover what may or may not be. Just because they just want to find a squatch and not a beetle. And that comes back to, am I being fair in in saying that that's not a good way to live? Because again, bring it back to religion, there's there's millions of people who have been devout religious people their whole lives and they've found meaning in that and they've lived and died as religious people and that has been their meaning and they were happy with it and they died happy with with their choices and their beliefs but that doesn't stop us you and i from directly and strongly saying don't fucking do that you should stop fucking doing that because it's ruining shit for a lot of people now of course looking for sasquatch doesn't have the same implications as believing that the creator of the universe has given you the rules, and those rules include cutting off little girls' clitorises. But it's it's all in the same category. And it, the idea behind it, the idea behind condemning a, a nice Christian person, family, whatever, that's not doing anything wrong, is that they don't get the luxury of supporting this idea of faith without supporting it through and through. And supporting their faith is the same as supporting the faith of others. And if others, they have the faith that God wants them to kill apostates and adulterers, then it's their faith. So that that, that, that same slippery slope... Why does it not apply to Sasquatch? I don't know. I just, honestly, I just simply don't know. In my opinion, I I see it in the same. I see it as a religion. I see it as. I guess that's kind not of a, what I was not a religion at. in the traditional sense, right? But the i the idea that a belief, an unverified belief, is driving your behavior mm-hmm. in such a direct way we totally agree on that yes it's not like these people are automatically stupid no no i'm let's make that clear i am not saying that at all because i so mean what would be it's it's we a, know doctors a, we we know very religious doctors yeah so i mean there's, hi dad <laughs> i didn't say it either <laughs> um so i mean there's gonna be i'm sure there's biologists that do believe in a squatch or believe in the possibility of a squatch at least 
Well, again, it's not necessarily the belief that there might be one, but it's the belief that there has to be one, and therefore it's a duty to prove that it exists. That's what I don't understand. Because if it exists, we either will find it or we won't find it. Mm -hmm. And I I guess if it comes down to you say uh, you are that person who is just interested in discovering new species and you think that that has at least a beginning of a blueprint as to a guide, as to a direction, something, to a, a goal to work towards. And you have the, the, the mindset that this could very well not be real or whatever. Just that, that the, if you have the humility, I don't really see anything wrong with it. But I get the sense, I don't know that many squatchers, <laughs> but I get the sense that there is, that's there isn't this humble biological thing behind it it's a it's a very personal desire for a belief to be verified and that desire for a belief to be verified leads to certain behaviors and whether or not those behaviors are good or bad the idea behind letting your beliefs rather than evidence and whatever guide your behavior is bad. Now, somebody could very well, if any of you are squatchers, please enlighten us. Mm -hmm. There could very well be a mountain of evidence that just hasn't, that hasn't been refuted, but hasn't been verified and there is uh, A, money, that would be enough of a reason for me. There's solid money directly going into doing this and implications on society and humanity by discovering this specific thing not just in the discovery of new species because i just think the you know expanding our knowledge and and just discovering whatever we can about the natural world is important mm -hmm. for no other reason than mm -hmm. just learning the world with that's a different thing, but to pick something in particular and to decide that it's true and then that you have to confirm it is not the way to go about it. And again, the question is, am I justified in saying that? Am I being arrogant in saying that? Uh, well, no, because it's your opinion. Because I've listened to, you know, Joe Rogan had his show, Joe Rogan Questions Everything. So he's had, uh, a lot of what I get is sh shorthand from his experiences that he has talked to these people and he has said that overwhelmingly he's found that these are people who just want to believe. So I take that. I, I, he has no reason. He's, he loves conspiracy theory and he wants the conspiracies that he indulges. He wants them to be true, but he's not going to to take a position unless there's the evidence. You know, I, I mean, personally, I want to believe that the government was behind 9-11 mm -hmm. because that would mean that the whole Islamic terrorist mode of thinking. Yeah, that whole thing, whatever it's, whether it's the Taliban or Al-Qaeda or ISIS, whoever it is, that whole thing of Islamic uh, fundamentalism being a threat to Western civilization, if the government was heavily behind, the biggest attack 
on our nation uh, that was supposedly pulled off by these people, then that would severely um, alter the way we look at them. Not only that, but the perceived power that they have would take a huge hit. Yeah, because it's based in fear, really. And so just to find I would out love that they had nothing to, to do with that. it, you know. But the whole thing about, uh, what is it, that jet fuel can't uh, melt steel and this and that and whatever. I, I, I've heard and watched some things here and there, but there's explanations. I, I, I don't know where I stand, but either way, again... Whether it was pulled off completely by the government, that doesn't change my stance on religion. Nah. So I just don't... I don't know. I don't know why you would want to dedicate so much time and effort to one thing unless you had significant evidence to support the idea that proving something would have implications on humanity. And I don't see where that is in the moon landing, in other than the d- general distrust in the establishment, quote-unquote, yeah, yeah. that we already have, that you saw by Trump being voted into office. I don't know what else there is to accomplish on that front. And I think that there's problems, there's so many more problems facing us, that it's like, people... Please, we, uh, we're we not at a place where we can afford all of you just fucking going out in the woods and looking for Bigfoot. Like, go to a fucking biology class. Go, uh, like, solidify, you know, there's there's creationists trying to teach that shit in our schools. Go learn about biology and 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 solidify the argument against creationism. There's a lack of funding for the space program. So instead of focusing on whether the moon landing was real or not, go and learn about the institutions the way they teach them and prove or disprove them based on having the, 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 the credibility of being able to say this was true or not true. Is that, is that so... Myopic. I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly thinking about it. Because, uh, like, I definitely see what you're saying. Like, I, I, I really do. But I keep coming back to the whole to each his own thing. But the problem with that is I don't argue the fact that there are more pressing issues to be talked about than something that's been talked about for 60 years with no further... Yeah, no further no advance. Yeah, no advancing in the knowledge and the whatever you want to call it on specifically and the again, squash. that's not to say that it's not true. Right. That's why I'm having such a tough time answering this it's question. It's just like, okay, so we discover... and, and I, I mean, if that's your motive... You want to be the guy to make money off of the footage of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. You could probably make a decent living just being a biologist and discovering new species. 
See, and then, okay, so then if we've gotten to that point, that's probably just a matter of, oh, I don't feel like doing that. I'm just looking for squatch. And there I feel like I have the... So maybe that's where we get to the point. We've gotten to that point to where that's, it's... Yeah, that's where I feel justified in saying, well, fuck you. You're just trying to take the easy way out. You're trying to not deal with any of anything else but what you're... You, you know, you want to create this bubble for yourself and live inside that bubble and let that be your whole life. Yeah. There's yeah. a there's a there's a disengagement from society that comes with that kind of thinking, that kind of behavior, that kind of lifestyle where you're chasing one specific thing. And there's been people who have chased things like that in throughout history and it's come to fruition and it's had major positive implications on humanity. Think about Galileo. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most famous case. You know, the, the well, who cares if the sun goes around and this that. Well, <laughs> exactly. It sure shit changed a lot. <laughs> and I mean, are we right now, or am I right now, by questioning the search of Sasquatch, the same kind of person who was saying, "Why do you care whether the Earth revolves around the sun or vice versa?" Was that the case? Is that the same? I don't. I don't know. And um, will we find out if some evidence does finally arise that there is a squatch or that there straight up is something an ape-like creature walking on two legs discovered? Is that do we just not know? Are are we belittling it because we don't know? Whereas with Galileo, we can say hindsight's twenty twenty and be like, damn, yo, that really changed, shit. right? You know, but like with the squatch, we don't know because we haven't gotten to that point yet. But, I mean, it seems reasonable because there's, like like I said, with the giant squid. The giant squid was discovered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck did that affect? What changed? I mean, probably marine biology. It probably had a big effect on marine biology. Right, but, uh, again, going back to the guy. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I'm sure he, that footage or whatever it is, you know, he's gotten a certain, a certain amount of money from yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. But is that enough? I, I man, it's a it's a really tough question. It's a really tough question, because like I keep saying, maybe to that person, yeah, that is enough. And then it's the question of, but do I have the justification in saying, okay, but you know, there could be other things that you could be doing too. Okay, so let's question that part. The idea that we feel like by doing this podcast, we're doing something that in even the tiniest way, benefits society. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, if, uh, if or theoretically, if everyone in the country were to listen to this, mm-hmm. then it would create a positive effect. Now, number one, are we wrong? Number two, does everybody have to... Is that the argument, that not everybody has to do something that directly benefits society. Is it a fundamental flaw in the argument that what you do should should benefit society? I think that's where it is because not everybody has the same interest in helping society that we might have. Now, does maybe that's what gives us the grounds to say this may be more important than that because there are only a certain amount of people that care enough to actually spread the word, for lack of a better way to put it, about all things societal. You know, like, my brothers would, they just, I've talked about it before, their apathy spans everything. Like, 
I have never met two more apathetic people than my brothers. They don't care about anything societal, really. I mean, it'll come up in conversation and we'll, you know, you know, not necessarily crack jokes about stuff, but, you know, just... Just talk about, like, oh, yeah, you see that shit? That shit was crazy, and that'll be the end yeah. of it. Like, they don't care. So, like, there's a lot of that going around. So the question is, do we have any moral high ground in, in <clears throat> that? Do we have any moral high ground in saying, well, S- we do care? Since there's credibility to what we say a lot of the time, I believe so, yeah. And, I mean, I do too, obviously, mm-hmm. which is why the fuck we're doing this. Mm-hmm. But... If we were just bullshitting and running at the mouth without any foundation and evidence of any sort, I would probably say the contrary. Well, just talk about uh, just our intention. Say we're completely wrong, but we our intention was still to benefit society as best we could. We're still making people think about shit. So I still think it's worthwhile, beneficial, what have you. And I would agree, because even people I disagree with, even people who have completely different mindsets than I do, I respect their contribution for that very reason. Mm -hmm. Not because they agree with me or don't agree with me, but because they are trying to do what's best for all, rather than a selfish thing, what's best for you, and in the short term, what's going to make you happy in the next Five minutes, five days, five weeks, five years, whatever. It's what's going to be best for people overall. So, yeah, with that in mind, I think, yeah, that does give us some sort of grounds and some sort of license to say things like, yeah, this might be a little more important than that. Like, you know, we're sitting here watching football, and we could totally have a sports podcast, but it'd be a different audience, first off. But my point is, is... We would probably, personally, the two of us would probably end up realizing, you know what, we could probably be talking about something a little more important than games, you know, football games, what ha- baseball games, sports. Well, then sports. that play the devil's advocate, just switch it around on you, mm-hmm. who's to decide that societal issues are more important than sports podcasts? Okay, that's where I was getting with the whole who's to say the Sasquatch, right, right. so... I mean, um, it's just a matter of if you care about these things or not. Because if you don't care about these things, you're not going to listen to us. But there has to be, my position on that is that there has to be, whether we're right or we're wrong, there has to be something, or there has to be some scale on which certain things are more important objectively and some things are less important objectively. Is there? Does there have to be? There, ha- I mean, I would think so. I would like to believe so. If not, how does anyone determine what's important in their life? And for people determining what's important in their life is what makes them happy in the immediate versus someone determining what's important in their life is what's better for society on the whole in the long term, there has to be some metric by which that altruistic endeavor has a greater moral value. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a way that that's not necessarily the case. That's, see, that's what I'm sitting here doing. I'm racking my brain trying to think of something like because that. Because everybody can't be... Even that, I don't. I, I want to say everybody can't be, you know, fighting for justice and whatever, whatever. The whole idea is that people live their lives the way they want to live their lives and be happy. And people stay in their lanes. 
But does that, uh, then it kind of brings me to, well, if you're just interested in yourself, then sit in your fucking house, get the fuck out of the way, and let the big boys <laughs> do shit that matters for everybody else. That's and really I don't f- think that's an unfair thing to say. Like, you have every right to not give a shit. I don't right. care if you're apathetic about right. this. Uh, you have every right to go and spend your whole life looking for Sasquatch. But if you want to come to me and say that you're doing something with any moral implications that are comparable, if we can do that, if we can have moral comparisons, then I can't think of a way that acting with the intention of improving society versus the acting with the intention of improving your own life, I can't think of a way where the latter has the moral high ground over the former. And since we're speaking socially, I do agree with that. If we're speaking from a more subjective standpoint... That's where it becomes, well, if that's what they care about and that's what makes them happy, I'm cool with it. But that's not the question because I am cool with it. But it's like, I'm cool if you want to do that. I'm not going to tell you not to, but mm-hmm. I, I would prefer that you would do something right quote, and I, unquote better. And I agree there. I do agree there. But then the question becomes, at what point or at what level do we say, all right, go ahead, do your thing, whatever makes you happy, whatever floats your boat. If your endeavor in your journey in life is looking for Sasquatch, that's fine, do whatever, don't invoke it upon me and all that shit, that's fine. So from a subjective standpoint, I can do, I can say, yeah, sure, go ahead, do what you want to do, be happy, I'll take, let, like you said, let the big boys take care of the, yeah. the important stuff. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's just this natural social order that isn't necessarily so uh, explicit, explicitly written out that there are just those people that are looking to change and improve society. And then there's the ones that just don't care as much, and then there's the ones that don't give a shit, and then there's the ones that are hurting society. Like, there is a certain implicit social hierarchy there. And I'm not saying that we're at the top, and I'm not saying that we're at the bottom, but what I am saying, helping society they're probably a little higher on that hierarchy than those that just are straight apathetic or just hurt society. Like, I can definitely say that with some confidence. So it seems to be that we want to come to a place where we respect somebody's right to go and search for Sasquatch your whole life, but to expect that we, as people who want to affect society on the whole... That we deserve, what's the word, a little bit higher, not, uh, maybe a little bit more respect, a little bit more... Yeah, what's that word? There's a word. I, I don't know what it is, yeah. but, it, but it's, it, it's got to be worth something. Yeah. It's got to be worth something. And yeah. there should be no obligation. There should be no obligation. You should have every right to be as apathetic as you want to be. That's what it makes this country what it is the freedom that's what makes freedom so important but that being said there should be and i think socially in a general sense we do have high respect for those who do something bigger than themselves Mm -hmm. and that's exactly how i was gonna say yeah i i think that i don't know i that's where i land that I, i i i try not to be arrogant i try not to be uh full of myself in that way but at a certain point at a certain point, you have to be comfortable with recognizing that what you're doing is bigger than what some other people are doing. At the same time, you have to 
remain humble and realize that just because you are doing something good in that sense that we're talking about doesn't give you the right to mistreat others or whatever the case may be. But part of that has to be selfless in the sense that you can't be doing it for the respect. But at some point you have to acknowledge when what you're doing is superior to what others are doing. It's just a matter of confidence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you want to make it the extreme, I think in the history of humanity, I think I can call myself a better person than Hitler. (laughs) I think so, too. So, of the people living today, the people that we see every day, the people that do or do not listen to, there is that... I'm not calling them Hitler by any by any means, by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm saying that scale exists. Mm-hmm. And if Hitler's on mm-hmm. one end, and I don't fucking know. Well, there we go. He'd be the one at the bottom of that hierarchy I was talking about. Right. And we at least are a couple of rungs above that. <laughs> and in between have to be those apathetic people. Yes. Yes. I th- I, I, I'm comfortable with that. And um, so there you go. There you fucking go. Either, uh, I don't know, if we're right, if we're wrong, you let us know. If there's any pod people that are squatchers, get at us. please. Get at us. Because we obviously don't know what the fuck we're talking about with that shit. Yeah, I got as uh, far as a couple of pages on Google yesterday when I was watching Willow Creek. So, I mean, if there's more to this, I would love to hear it. Just because I'm curious. Yeah. But... Shameless is on, so that means we must leave you. You guys know how to get at us. Instagram, Facebook, iTunes, YouTube, Patreon, all really, all really podcasts. Search it, you'll find it. Fucking support us so we can keep going. Now that the election's over, we have a lot more stuff that we can talk about. Yeah, we just spent two hours talking about Squatch. So, <laughs> As you can see, it's not just politics. This type of thinking spans all of life. So... Get into it. And with that, this has been another episode of the <laughs> All Really Podcast with the All Really Dudes. Later, skaters. Later. Believe nothing. Except.